So welcome back, gentlemen, and the occasional lady who tunes into the podcast. It is Dad Bod walking. Go for a walk. Take, what's her name? The dwarf with me. A very smart, intelligent, knowledgeable dwarf. And thank you for the feedback. All these people keep telling me how fucking smart Lynn is. Now, let, let me be very clear. Most of what Lynn knows about Dad Bod shit, I taught her. <laughs> She, she just spouts it better than I do, and she makes herself sound smarter. Whereas I'm fucking smart in my own way, and Lynn is just my sidekick. So I think they're giving her fucking feedback that she's cleverer than me, because that just won't do. We'll cancel this podcast today. All right, with that out of the way. Now, um, today we're talking about ketones, ketones and how to measure them, and what the numbers mean. Because if you're on the dad bod journey, what you'll realise is as we start the food journey and we start getting rid of the shit, the carbs, the sugars, the processed foods, and we start to increase the healthy fats and proteins, your body is going to get to a beautiful state called ketosis, which is the dream state, as the uh, traditional landowners would say, the dream state where your body is no longer a dirty, filthy, carb-fueled machine. It is now being fueled and run on beautiful, clean uh, ketones and that should be represented in the amount of ketones in your blood. So we can actually measure that. So one of the great things about being in ketosis is through a, a bunch of different ways to test, and, and Lynn will go through the specifics, we can actually measure whether your body is in ketosis or not, and we know exactly what those numbers mean. The best way is actually to measure the blood, and Lynn's going to talk to how to do that and what those numbers mean, because they may vary at different times during the day, and hence the reason for this podcast. We have guys all the time say, hang on, it was low this morning, it's, it's higher this afternoon, what does that mean? How does that play out? So sit back, get excited, get ready to prick your finger and taste your own blood, because we're talking ketones. Welcome, Lynn. <laughs> what an intro. What an intro. I'm not sure where I'm going with that, but hey, what an intro. So, now you being smarter? Yeah, nah, nah, definitely not. Um, so the first thing is, if you don't know what ketones are, and you don't know what the ketogenic diet is, and you don't know what nutritional ketosis is, then yes, you can either fuck off, or you could go back a few podcasts and find the one where we talk about... Um, the three Ks and go and um, read up, listen up, listen up on ketones, ketosis and um, all things ketogenic. But let's assume that you've already done that because you've been following the journey, you've been on board with us for a while. A lot of people come along and say, well, what should bar- what, you know, what should my ketone levels be? So when we're talking about ketone levels, what we're talking about is testing in some way the amount of ketones that your body is producing, the amount of ketones that your liver is producing. Now, there are three ways that you can measure ketosis. The first way is using breath meters. Now, these are not that accurate. They're really good to give you an indication of whether you're in ketosis or not. Very good at telling you if you're not in ketosis but they won't tell you exactly how deep you are into ketosis. They won't tell you if you're right on the edge or if you're very, very deeply there. And if you happen to use a breath meter after you've eaten, you've had a coffee, you've had a bulletproof, you're likely to get incorrect results. Definitely a tequila shot. You're likely to get incorrect results. Because the problem is, and the tequila shot's the giveaway, is that they use the same technology 
as the breath meters that we use to detect alcohol. So when you get, um, you know, tested by the, uh, the police to see if you're driving over the limit, um, then they will use a very, very similar technology, a breathalyzer that's basically looking for certain things in our breath. So when we do ketone measurements using a breath meter, what we're doing is we're picking up acetone levels. We're not picking up ketones themselves. And the acetones are sort of like a, they're a byproduct, a side product. So you, you may have some acetone levels there, you may not. You may be just in ketosis. Um, you won't pick up a lot of information. Like I said, they will tell you if you're in or out. Um, and beyond that, you can't really rely too much on them. So that's one way you can do it. And also some of these meters are quite expensive. They'll make all sorts of claims. Um, and yes, sure, um, the benefit of those meters is there's no disposable components. So, you know, you buy a meter, you blow into it and you get your readings and you can do that day in, day out, all day long. And you won't have to buy anything else in order to do that testing because the meter will simply analyze your breath. So blow into a meter, see your ketone levels. Second way you can measure your ketones is to pee on a stick, uh, not a pregnancy stick, to pee on a ketone stick. You can buy a couple of types of sticks from the chemists, from the pharmacists. You can buy glucose sticks and you can buy ketone sticks. So if you're transitioning, it's really useful to know whether you're still peeing out lots of glucose. So in other words, have you been eating carbs? Those carbs are turning into glucose in your body and that's what you're peeing out. Or are you peeing out ketones? So again, um, these are not super accurate. Um, they are not brilliant when it comes to measuring the exact levels, but they'll give you an indication. They're probably the least accurate of all the methods that you can find. But as I said, they will give you an indication. So the two things go hand in hand, glucose levels and ketone levels, because we're really interested in the ratio of the two. And, and I'm going to talk a lot more about the GKI, the glucose ketone index, in a second. But if you, for example, are seeing trace ketones in your body, um, so you're peeing them out in your urine, then um, you may actually still have glucose circulating. So if you then go and test your glucose, again, you pee on another strip, you might find you've still got a bit of glucose there and that's why you're not seeing high ketones. And again, I'm gonna come back to that point um, if that's you. So ketones are only half the picture. So you can pee on a strip, the strips cost next to nothing, a um, couple of cents each. You buy them in packs, like I said, at the pharmacist. You don't have to do anything special. The problem with them is that, as I said, first of all, not very accurate. And secondly, they're only indicating what you're peeing out. They're not really indicating what's in circulation in your blood. Which means I need to come to the third method, and Mike alluded to it, measuring your blood ketone levels is the best option because it's going to give you a much more accurate picture of what's going on in your body. Because when the ketones are in the blood, they are available for use as fuel. So much better to get an indication of what's going on in your bloodstream. Now again, I would always recommend measuring glucose and ketones. And the reason for that is that when we are carb burners, we're going to be consuming carbs and turning that into glucose, blood sugar. 
and if we measure our blood glucose level and it's high then essentially what that's saying is you still have free glucose available in your body to be used as fuel and remember the body will always use glucose first because it's easy. It's like kindling on a fire, gets the fire going quickly, doesn't last long, but it's always the body's preference and it's definitely the brain's preference. In fact, the brain has to have glucose. Now, when you measure your ketones, when you use a basically a finger prick meter, you basically take a small sample of your blood from a finger prick and you dab it onto a little stick. The sticks cost you about a dollar each, whether they're glucose or ketones, and the meter's probably going to cost you somewhere between 50 and 80 dollars, roughly, um, all in US. So once you've got your meter, you've pricked your finger, you've taken a sample, the meter will analyse your blood and it will come back and tell you, based on the strip, strip you've used, your glucose levels and your ketone levels. So you'll then see from that, are my glucose levels low? Um, and, you know, I will come back to what low means, but are they low enough that I can say my body's not using glucose? And are my ketone levels above the threshold? And again, the threshold is about 0.5. Um, and that's in the units that most of the world use for ketones. So we, we're looking at millimoles per litre. So am I above 0.5 on ketones? If so, woohoo! Yes, you are in nutritional ketosis. And those blood ketone levels can rise up to probably around five or six safely. If you ever see levels up at eight or nine, that's the level at which it's becoming dangerous and you would only ever see that if you were getting to the levels that a diabetic would hit if they were actually having um, problems with ketoacidosis which is something completely different so as long as you're not diabetic you're most likely to see levels around 0.5 up to 2 and that's if you're doing some intermittent fasting and um, you're eating plenty of fats, moderate protein, and you're keeping your carbs below 20 or 30 grams a day. There you're going to be nicely in nutritional ketosis and your body will be burning dietary fat for fuel. As it fat adapts, it will gradually start to burn your own body fat for fuel as well. Now, there are two other ways, as well as eating dietary fat or minimizing your carbohydrates, Two of the ways that you can um, you can get into nutritional ketosis, and one of them is to exercise hard. So when we exercise really hard, we consume all of the glucose that's in our blood, and we end up in ketosis. And the, the other time that we can see it is if we fast. So when we go without food, we end up in nutritional ketosis. So if you think that through logically, what's going to happen to your ketones is that you're going to fast overnight, you're going to get up in the morning and you will have ketones in your blood. So when you test your ketones fasted, first thing in the morning, as soon as you get up, you're going to see yourself in nutritional ketosis. And what that tells you is that you've got ketones circulating available as fuel. Now, if you then go and do a workout, 
you might actually see your ketone levels drop and that's confusing for some people and the reason is if you're already in ketosis you've got no glucose circulating your body will have used your ketones for fuel and so you'll have used up the ketones that were circulating first thing so your ketone levels will go down meaning you've used them you've burnt them they're they're not an unlimited supply you'll then eat some food during the day and you'll probably see that when you eat your ketone levels will either stay stable or they'll drop and again that's because what your body does and this is really quite important your body takes the food that you eat and it turns some of it into glucose so once we exclude carbohydrates you've still got to get glucose to your brain now the way the body does it it uses this really clever process called gluconeogenesis and it uses other foods in other words fats and protein and for most of us it's predominantly protein and it breaks that protein down and it converts some of it into glucose so what you might actually find is that if you're consuming too much protein then and you and you're not having enough dietary fat then you might find that your body's using this clever process and it's generating a whole bunch of glucose because it doesn't want to transition to fat because it doesn't like that transition initially so you could actually be stuck on really low numbers if you've got your macros wrong so you could be your own body could be generating glucose so you eat your numbers will probably go down you'll probably generate some glucose from the food that you eat for your brain you'll then fast for another few hours and you'll probably see your numbers go back up after about 5 hours so gluconeogenesis is probably happening for you know 3 or 4 hours after you eat and then you might see your numbers start to go back back up a little bit but while you're consuming food you're not going to see your numbers go up significantly because your body's just going to produce the amount that you need you'll then use that during the day to fuel your brain to fuel your body and you'll go to bed and overnight as you fast overnight again you'll generate more ketones and you'll go back into nutritional ketosis so you may see that pattern during the day ketones there in the morning but not there during the day. Don't panic. That doesn't mean that you're completely out of nutritional ketosis. It just means you've used them all. You've used the fuel that you're not producing in excess. Now, if you want to see more of them and you're concerned that you're not producing enough ketones, you can go and do do some fasting. So go off and fast for 24 hours. Don't put anything in your mouth apart from water. No bulletproof coffees. No protein. Um, nothing just literally fast 24 hours not going to kill you go and fast for 24 hours and see what happens because if you've been struggling with your ketone levels they're not really going up then you should see a rise of ketones in 24 hours because as you fast you'll go deeper into nutritional ketosis assuming you are eating ketogenic in the first place so assuming your carbs have been low for more than 72 hours assuming you're having the right amount of protein and not too much and assuming that you're having plenty of dietary fat if you've made that transition successfully and you're still not seeing results do a 24 hour fast and you should see some numbers go up on the scale now 
The other question I get asked is, what about the different levels? Is it better to have more ketones? Well, no, not necessarily. Because our body only needs to produce the right amount. So more is not necessarily better. We all are just very, very different and individual. Some of us will produce more glucose because we've always been glucose burners. Some of us transition to fats easier and quicker and we'll produce more ketones. And it changes across the course of your life. So I used to produce a lot of ketones when I did the keto diet. For years, my keto levels were up at four or five when I got up in the morning. And if I fasted, they would go up to six quite easily. And then a few years later, that stopped happening. And there's so many different theories about why that happens. It can be to do with the liver. People say it's because the body adapts and changes. There are thousands of reasons. And I don't think we really know the truth. But essentially, as long as you're above that magic 0.5, then you will be in nutritional ketosis. And if you're between 0.5 and 2, you'll be burning fat quite nicely. If you're between 2 and 3, still very good. If you have a disease condition like cancer, then you want to be probably up to the therapeutic levels, which would be between 3 and 5 or above. So that's sort of a quick rundown on where your ketones should be and what will happen during the day. And I also mentioned that GKI, Glucose Ketone Index, because as I mentioned, you can be producing ketones, but if you're still producing too much glucose, you won't truly be in nutritional ketosis. So it's really good to measure both. You can then take your glucose reading, make sure it's in the right units, divide it by your ketone reading and get the ratio and that will tell you for sure if you're in ketosis and it will also give you an indication if you've hit autophagy but that's a deep and meaningful podcast and probably one for another day Beautiful. Right. <coughs> so I'm confused never you are <laughs> um, <coughs> sorry I lost my voice I was so excited to take the microphone back um, so guys, the the question we often get asked, and I'm just going to ask Lynn a couple of more little tippets and snippets, is how often should you measure your ketones? And essentially, what are you looking for long term with your ketone reading? So we've, we've talked about getting to 0.5 and above. <coughs> As you know, when you go through the dad bod journey, I get you to read your ketones three times a day for three days, just to figure out where your ketones sit. And so then after that point, Lynn, how often should someone on the keto way of life be measuring and checking their ketone levels? So I would say for a period of time, you want to be measuring them on a morning. And so it's ideal, you know, again, until you're really comfortable and you know what your body's doing, even after you've been through that first period of time on the dad bod journey, you want to do a couple of months where you're measuring your ketones every morning because what that's going to do it will teach you about the different foods that you eat and the impact on your ketone levels what movement does what your sleep's doing but eventually once you get to that point there's not a lot of value in it because you pretty much know and then you might just do you know maybe a once a month check to keep yourself honest and make sure you're still in ketosis and what's fascinating to do is to measure your ketones then go on a bender 
Yes, you forgot about that. No, it's not good to that, but but you can actually. It's quite interesting to see. And Lynn and I have done this. We've actually tested the ketone levels and had a couple of beers. We've just tested the ketone levels and had some carbohydrates, and uh, had different foods to to see the effect on your body. Once you're comfortable, you're in ketosis, then you can actually play around a little bit just to see if I have two beers. Do I throw myself out of ketosis? If I have some pasta, what's the impact on my ketone level? So it's a, it's a good tool if you get it accurately tested to check how your body responds to different lifestyle choices. So I hope that's all made sense. Um, you can ask us about ketone meters. We've got some recommended ones that we know work and are accurate and we don't make any money from them. But please ask any questions you have and we'll see you next time on Dad Bod Walking.